I want to thank Dr. Billy Graff for sharing uh, briefly with us about iConnect. I know we could have had him come a month of Sundays, and it wouldn't really cover all that they are doing. But I want to tell you as a pastor, uh, it is a real privilege and honor for us as a church to be able to partner with him. I am convinced of this, that co-laboring together for the kingdom of God, we will accomplish far more than we will ever do alone. And so we need to look for opportunities where we can partner with people of like mind and like faith to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. I'll say this before we began to look at God's Word. I received a phone call from a lady this week just out of the blue. Uh, It was not someone that I knew, but she just called me to say how appreciative she is of you as a church. If you're a part of Crestwood Baptist Church, she wanted you to know that she was grateful, she was thankful that we as a church have chosen to be one of the churches that have led out in helping our communities recover. And so she was saying to me, Brother Jeff, I am just so very grateful for what Crestwood Baptist Church has done for this community and how they have really reached out and really gone above and beyond what she said was the call of duty. Now, I realize that's not really true. How can we ever go beyond what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary? I mean, we can't really go beyond that. And as I said earlier, we really serve for an audience of one. We don't serve for accolades. We don't serve to have our name up in lights or to have our name called. But I wanted to say to you this morning as your pastor, it is a privilege to be your pastor, and it is, I am very proud of you as a church for your willingness to lead out and to help people in this community in a great time of need. And I want to say, job well done, but we're not finished yet. We're just starting the second phase. We, as a church, voted to partner with Billy and iConnect for another year. And so we're looking forward. The calendar is starting to fill up. And so we know that there are still great challenges ahead. And I pray uh, that you would ask the staff and I and the others to give us wisdom as we lead into the future. Now, very rarely do I ever do this as a pastor. Most of the time, I I don't go off a script. Most of the time when I've prepared something and I have put something together, uh, I usually follow through with that. But this morning as Billy was talking, I just felt compelled to share a different passage of Scripture with you. Now, I'll give you the gist of the message this morning. This is what the gist of the message was. You need to be involved in corporate worship. And I know some of you are going to think, well, if he could say all of that in that amount of time, why does he need to do that every Sunday? Why does it take him 30 minutes? Well, there's a little bit more to it than that. It was a little more detailed, but I do want to encourage you. You know, one of the things I have realized as a pastor that has come back from Zambia where the pace of life is very different than America, that really the summertime is not summer vacation. Isn't that true? That's kind of an oxymoron. And the reason it's an oxymoron is in the summertime, we tend to be busier than any other time of the year. Isn't that true? We're going on vacation, and we're working to do that, and we're traveling to other events. And let me say this. 
it is so very easy in the summertime to become disconnected to that which is most important. It is so easy to become disconnected from God's church, His people. Isn't that true? We have been given the great privilege of worshiping the sovereign God every Sunday. And I will say to you this morning, don't ever fool yourself into thinking that worship is about you. That is one of the greatest misconceptions about worship in the American church today. Churches have spent many hours of time placating to people who are in the pews in the seats of the church house, trying to make worship about the people out there rather than the one who sits on the throne and the Lamb of God who hung on the cross. And that is not worship. Worship is about honoring God, not pleasing mankind. And my heart's desire is we will never, ever be a church that tries to please self. We have been called to die to self. You're saying, preacher, you're preaching. Well, I am. But we need to be aware of that. We need to understand what worship is about. It's not about the songs that are sung or the instruments that are played on Sunday morning. It's not about whether we can call it traditional or contemporary or Gen X or any other name we want to label it with. You do know God never labels worship in Scripture. We always need to be very careful of labeling something that's about God when He doesn't label it about Himself. Isn't that true? Yeah. At any point in time, Worship becomes about you and me. That is worship of self and not of the holy God. Do you see what I'm saying? It's true. And so we need to be careful. And this is my challenge to you this year. Get connected through worship. I don't know if you've ever noticed the top of your bulletin, on the top of your bulletin or the messenger, whatever you call it. It has our person. A purpose statement, it says these words, we are a connected community. Are we? Can I ask you a personal question? How connected are you to your community of faith? Is it possible if you are not connected, it's not because of opportunity, but it's because of choice? Think about it for a moment. Are there opportunities every week to connect to this body of believers here? There is, isn't there? There is. Sunday morning worship, small group Bible study. Wednesday, you can come and share a family meal here at the church and look across the table with other believers and encourage one another in the Lord. You can bring your children and let them connect through Crestwood Kids and your youth to be a part of the gathering so you can build their spiritual foundation. You can connect around the study of God's Word on Wednesday night. So I would say to you today, 
If you are not connected to this body of believers, if you're a visitor, please don't hear me. If you are a member and you are not connected to the body of believers here at this church, it's by choice, not opportunity. You've made a choice. I've chosen not to connect. Now, you may be saying, well, Brother Jeff, I don't like to connect in that way. Well, really, you died to self when you came to Christ. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the one who sits on the throne and it's about honoring and glorifying Him. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see? There is opportunity to connect to God's people if that is the desire of your heart. All right, I want you to listen to this passage of Scripture. This is the passage I was thinking of. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered the nations, and He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right hand, but the goats He will place on His left hand. Now you know what He's saying here, right? The goats refer to those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The sheep refer to those who have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verse 34, this is Matthew, the 25th chapter. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the kings will answer them, And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to the one, one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. I want you to listen to me carefully this morning. We don't serve because it saves us or makes us right with the Lord. We choose to serve because serving shows that we genuinely have been saved. What I want you to hear me say this morning to you as your pastor, if you have a desire in your heart to want to serve people because you love Jesus Christ, there is opportunity to serve. I'm sure that Billy would be more than welcome you this morning if you have a desire to want to help someone get moved back into their home. If you're like me, sometimes I forget about the fact that there are still people in our community who are displaced. Our lives have moved forward for many of us, but there are people that are still living in RVs. There are people that are still living in hotels 
who have yet to be able to get back into their home. And we have the opportunity as God's church to impact our community with the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ made the statement, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. He also made the statement, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Did you hear what Jesus Christ said in those verses of Scripture? I came to serve and to give. There is no time in our life where we are more like Christ than when we choose to serve and choose to give. We are saying to a lost and dying world, this is what my Savior Jesus Christ looks like. He gave Himself for me, and in return, I give myself in His love to you, is what we're saying. The great news is, we have the privilege the opportunity to do that as God's people. Not only just to serve in ministries in this local body of believers, but to serve outside the doors of the church house. Now, understand what I'm going to say here this morning. I think this is so significant. It's good for us to go rebuild people's homes and share the love of Jesus Christ with them through doing that. It's good for us to give a cup of cold water to someone when they're thirsty. It's good for us to clothe people when they are naked. When they're living in tents and RVs, it's good for us to go to their homes and help them rebuild their homes so they can be established again back into their home and feel a sense of hope and security for the future. That's important. But I will share this with you as well, and I know that Dr. Billy Graff would agree with me on this. If we go and simply do those things and we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ with them, we may have changed their comfort here on earth, but it will not change their eternal destiny. We look for doors of opportunity through which we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. His love with the lost and dying world. Let me ask you a question this morning, Christian. If someone that you knew were to look at your life this morning and they were to characterize your life, if you were to give them three words that they could choose to characterize your life, to truly define who you are, what three words would you hope they would choose? I know the three words that I hope they would choose if they were to watch my life. The first word is this, that He is gracious. Because there's nothing I want to do more in life than reflect the grace of God to a lost and dying world. 
The second thing I would hope they would say is this, He loves. And He loves with a sacrificial, unconditional kind of love like no one I've ever seen before love. Now, I'm not saying I don't need to work in that area. I'm just saying I hope that's what people would say about me. Because that's how my Jesus loves. And third, I would hope they would say this. He is a servant. He is a servant. As I've watched his life, what I have noticed about him more than anything else, he serves and he doesn't ever care if anyone ever mentions his name. Now, I can be honest with you this morning, can I? I'm like you, and there's days where I just go or feel as though I'm very underappreciated. Don't you know what I'm saying? Sure we do. But please listen to me. I hope that all of our lives would be marked by the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and a servant's attitude. Because as God's people, that is really who we should be. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and the way you've spoken to our hearts this morning through your word. I thank you for what Dr. Billy Graff has shared with us. It's a great challenge in that for all of us, of how can we get connected and continue to minister to our community. Lord, as we enter into this time of invitation, I pray that you would clearly lead, guide, and direct us. Father, if there are people here this morning who have never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you will break their hearts over their lostness, that you would draw them unto a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they might come to understand exactly who they are and what He has done for them. Father, if there are people here this morning who are followers of Yours, I pray that You would challenge each one of our hearts to serve You with every ounce and strength of passion we have. Lord, You don't have a retirement plan for us while we're here on earth. One day, we'll be in Your presence and when we're in your presence for eternity, we will rest from our labor. But here on earth, we are to persevere. So Lord, help us not miss the opportunity that you are giving us to make you known to a lost and dying world. We give you this time and pray that you would be honored and glorified through it. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.